0: It's the weekend, so you know what that means. It's Everything EO's podcast time. And this week's a little bit weird. I got some conspiracy theories for you. We're going to talk about a treasure hunt and more. Show your support by smashing that like button, hitting and subscribe, and also voting for my sponsor, Cypherglass, on your favorite wallet or block explorer. All right, so you can what? kick it off. <laughs> All right, <laughs> go for it.
1: Welcome back to the longest-running EOS podcast. We are back at it again with a uh, pretty packed week. Why don't we uh, jump right into it, Zach? Why
0: don't we, uh, why don't we start with our news first, because we're always doing okay, excited okay. things. We we, we just uh, introduced Pete for his first solo video. That's Peter K. Uh, he yeah. will be leading our EOS developer tutorial series, which we are very, very excited to show you guys. We've seen uh, the first couple of videos he's completed for it. And it is going to be the best EOS tutorials in the ecosystem, basically. Um, There are, there's really good written tutorials. Don't get me wrong. Don't, I don't want to like talk bad on them. There's really good written ones, but there's nobody doing good video ones. And there will be uh, like the the text version accompanying his tutorials. So you're going to get the best of both. But um, if you haven't caught the video that he released on Monday explaining the DAP network and DAP DAP services that uh, the DSPs will be providing, I highly recommend you go back and check that out. Pete is a rock star at explaining complex subjects and simplifying them so that other people can understand them. But if you're already a complex person doing complex things, you're going to be right on his level. And uh, he will be putting out some more advanced material as well in the future. So we're really excited about that. We have a lot of other stuff here at Everything EOS. Um, Rob mentioned it last week. We added some merch to everythingeos.io. Um, we're going to be constantly adding more, more stuff there as it's requested. We'll probably start um, reaching out to block producers and add block producer merchandise uh, to, the, to the shop. Um, we don't really have a timeline on that. Uh, what's going on at Cypher Glass?
1: Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of building still behind the scenes, you know, still working on EOS name service and the, the other features that we have there. But, uh, you know, it's kind of business as usual.
0: No, no, new, no uh, new suffixes this week. It seems like every week uh, you've got like three new ones.
1: I know, right? We, we just came out with a bunch. I think we added like nine new ones to the website. So check them out at eosnameservice.io if you haven't already, or click the referral link in the description and you'll actually get a discount. Um, but we do have more slated. We have a, a long list of suffixes that have agreed to integrate or are ready to integrate, and we just need to actually go through and put them all in. But we're trying to roll them out over time.
0: So before we uh, move along from the EOS Name Service, there is a rumor going around here. Uh, you kind of dropped a hint in the Telegram channel last week when uh, eos writer Kenny Said something how we need a DSP on EOS. Is there anything uh, you guys have done uh, along those lines that you could
1: actually speak publicly on? Uh, I don't know if I should say anything at this moment, but uh, we're working on some really exciting things to to make that possible. So we'll see how it goes. Why don't we talk about what Dan was dropping? Uh, You know, speaking of Telegram (laughs) hints, he had a lot to say in Telegram uh, over the last week or so.
0: Nice, nice diversion there, but I will uh, continue you. along. So, yeah, Dan, so it's like we go through these phases. So it was like everyone from Block 1 was quiet at the end of 2018. And then we came into 2019, and Brendan Bloomer was the one we were talking about constantly. He went on some tweet storms, uh, brought up the one token, one vote, and that was kind of the, the topic of discussion for weeks afterwards. Now uh, we got Dan the man back, active in Telegram, and he has got to be one of the most entertaining and interesting, uh, CTOs or CEOs in like any company, any billion, multi-billion dollar company. Let's, let's put them on that playing field because there's very few people, uh, that that can compare it to his engagement with the community. And he's just been in Telegram dropping all kinds of hints on what is, uh, coming up, especially in the month of June. So, uh, have you been following all that stuff, Rob, or am I going to be, uh, kind of explaining the entire,
1: <laughs> uh, I think you might have to explain it and I'm going to give a, a pretty genuine reaction. Cause I haven't seen a lot of this. I've seen like little hints here and there that were really called out and like posted on Twitter, like about marketing coming in the future and things like that, that are, are definitely needed. Um, but to Dan's point I saw, he said that, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to ramp up marketing until they have a product to onboard people too. So super exciting. It seems like we're going to get a lot in June is kind of the overall gist that I get. But speaking of June, I saw that, uh, <laughs> you know, you actually tweeted out on the everything EOS Twitter recently, a prediction for Meos. do you want to walk people through what that was? Yeah. So
0: basically, um, Dan has been teasing something in the month of June and. Uh, even recently, w- like what you repeated, he said, "Quote: If you want real coverage in mainstream, then you have to save up the big news." And then he said, "When the time comes, the marketing's going to hit." Um, and then I, th- yeah, and on save Twitter, up.
1: save up the big save news, up. multiple.
0: I-, I think there's, I mean, we know about the wallet and we know about Mios, and they might even be the same like product bundled together. But right. I-, I think there might be some surprises. Um, maybe uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of partnerships, whether that be hardware or software. So recently, we saw the Galaxy Samsung S10 was released, and it has a hardware wallet built into it, but currently it's just, uh, so it's the Engine wallet, that's an Ethereum wallet, and it has all of the Ethereum tokens uh, built in. But, like, we can only imagine they're going to expand on that, and the biggest reason is they don't have Bitcoin. So if you don't have Bitcoin, you know they're at (laughs) least going to add Bitcoin. So, I would hope
1: so. I mean, it seems like a huge oversight. You can have a crypto wallet, but if it only supports ETH, it seems definitely very limited. So huge congrats to the, congrats to the engine team for actually making that happen. That is a, a pretty yeah. big partnership and their their coin went up, what, 75% as a result or something like that. So huge congrats to them. That's awesome. But I definitely hope that we'll see uh, maybe a little Mios wallet or something added to that that uh, samsung galaxy
0: s10 you asked about the twitter prediction so i'll just read the tweet out loud so that way the people just listening at home who haven't seen it yet could hear it prediction meos will launch as a social media platform in june block one will stake their tokens into a smart contract that will pay out a ubi or universal basic income on meos uh, and i said that's 37 million dollars at today's price because they have 10 million liquid tokens after one year in june And then if we hit all-time high prices, let's say the market turns around, that's $200 million that would go towards customer acquisition. That's all it would be for. It'd basically uh, be like a a sign-up bonus. Uh, And we've talked about this before. That's how PayPal got themselves on the map. They offered $10 for anyone who came to PayPal and signed up. Um, And and I, I came to that conclusion because Dan was using emojis, and he used three emojis. I'll put them on screen. I'm sure everyone following EOS at all has seen this already, but he had an emoji arrow that pointed to his himself, basically. And I, I took that as a U and then an emoji of a B and then an emoji of an I. So U, B, I.
1: See, and I took th- that, I took that slightly it differently as IB for the, the bumblebee and then the I, like the, the actual eyeball as C, like IBC, inter-blockchain communication.
0: You're, I mean, you're very correct. It, it could be either. Right. Um, so with, with UBI, I mean, people started asking me questions of what I, I meant by it, and I didn't mean for it to be taking 100% literally. I don't know exactly how they're going to distribute their funds, but Brendan Bloomer back in January, whenever he was on his uh, Telegram and Twitter spree, he said, quote, UBI will become the number one customer acquisition strategy in the world, and every new business should be looking at it. Now... Block one's a relatively new business. And if they launch Meos, it, it, from what I understand, it's going to be a complete packaged product. Um, and it, it, I'm assuming that they're going to at least take some profit from it. I don't, I don't know if it's all just um, community driven with no profit intake. I, I don't know much about it beyond the name and what it's probably going to be. But I, I put the two and two together. If, if Brendan Bloomer was bullish on a UBI, they have all of these EOS tokens. Um, Why don't don't you explain uh, their vesting schedule and their EOS token allotment for people just catching on to EOS recently? Yeah, so
1: the the total supply of EOS is about a billion tokens. So there are a billion of these EOS tokens that exist out there. Um, And block one has 10% of that. They have 100 million, but they don't just get the 100 million all up front. They don't actually have access to them right now. But what happens is that every block actually in the code, block one gets a little bit of those tokens vested, essentially unlocked. So the way it works out, too, is that every year that goes by, and we're coming up on that first year, the first 10 million tokens will be unlocked. So over the next 10 years, or I guess nine, nine years and some change now, block one will unlock or vest the other 90 million tokens. So they're really incentivized to you know, stay around, keep supporting the overall EOS ecosystem for that 10-year period to get all of their tokens. And there's been a ton of talk about, you know, Dan put up an emoji, the, the little fire emoji for burn, and then, you know, a steak emoji, like mm-hmm. the actual meat um, saying they were going to burn the stake or something. But to your point, I think it makes a whole lot more sense rather than them just you know, burning 1% of the supply and saying, oh, look, we burned it. I think it makes way more sense and would, do, uh, would have a much more positive effect on the overall market if they use that you know, 50 to $200 million at that point to get people onboarded into the EOS ecosystem to use their dApps, to use other people's dApps, to set up a free account, I think they could do a lot more good and cause a lot more adoption by utilizing it instead of burning it. So I hope that's what's ha- what happens come June.
0: And that, that uh, stake and burning stake, that that was kind of what led me to post the prediction because I was just kind of keeping it to myself. I texted you it, but I made it yeah. public because I, I kind of... Just wanted to quash the prediction that they're going to burn it because I think that's highly, highly unlikely that they're going to burn their tokens. Uh, But at the same time, what are they going to do with their tokens? So we know they have so many tokens that they're going to have resources in perpetuity for all of the dApps that Dan plans to build over the next lifetime. Um, So even if they gave away the first 10% of their stake, because it's over 10 years, for something like a UBI, a redistribution would be a better word, maybe. Maybe. Um, they still have 90, 90 million tokens for future, uh, DAP bandwidth. So it wouldn't be like out far outside of the realm of possibility to give away the, the first 10 million. Um, Absolutely. but like, what else are they going to do with their tokens? So they're, they're going to either going to stake them and use them themselves. They can't sell them is the thing. Like there's never going to be a day where block one's going to start selling their tokens. Uh, would you agree with that?
1: I would agree. I think there are certain cases, if they didn't have all of this money, I, I agree they're, they're likely not going to sell them at all. But if they're going to, I could see they probably have the right connections to sell them OTC. Like Let's say that there was a new partner like a Samsung that came on and said, hey, we want to integrate you natively in our crypto wallet, but we want some exposure to this. They mm-hmm. may say, okay, Samsung, we'll sell, sell you half a million or a million EOS directly OTC so that it doesn't impact the market at all. That's really the only instance I could see them selling it, mm-hmm. versus doing a burn or doing a distribution.
0: So I, I agree with, with what you said they could do with their tokens, but the other thing that maybe they could do is they could make a big announcement that they gave them away because of some sort of partnership. So I don't know, if did you give Samsung as an example? That would be an example. Yeah. So they could say, okay, we're giving like 100,000 tokens to this partner for this reason. And uh, they'll maybe even have their own locking schedules so that they could basically just be used right. for staking. So they could set a vesting yeah, totally schedule possible. of their own on anyone they I give just, tokens to.
1: Yeah, I think overall, the to sort of summarize my point, I think block one is smarter than somebody who would just burn those tokens. I think they're much more creative than that. I think they're much smarter where they can get a lot more value out of those 10 million tokens than just destroying them. I agree. Um, but you brought up the rain clouds and the uh, fire.
0: Do you, so yeah. looking at the emoji talk... Dan keeps using two emojis next to each other, a a little fire emoji and a rain emoji. And most people were agreeing. At first, people thought it was burn steak because there is the fire next to a steak. But now he's been posting it next to a rain cloud, and people are assuming that means steam because you take fire, you take water, you get steam. Yeah. So do you think he's just using that to represent Meos or the social media platform, or do you think that there's a possibility that he's going to fork Steam onto EOS and allow all Steam users to transfer over for user onboarding.
1: Oh, interesting. I mean, I would not be surprised if, if, I I don't think that they'll call it Steam 2.0 or anything like that. I think that's just the code name, but I think that makes a lot of sense, especially given Dan's history with Ned kind of wanting to like be like, look, I told you, so here's a better platform. I could totally see them integrating Steam in some way where obviously not natively, not with Steam's approval, if, you know, so to speak, it is a decentralized network. Um, but I can totally see them putting out a bridge and saying, hey, you know, bring your content over in one click or or do this in one click and come over to our platform, depending on what this platform is, because we don't know if it's going to be exactly like Steam or mm-hmm. incorporate some of the elements and be a totally different social network. We really don't know the scope of the platform yet, but uh, we should find out in the next couple months.
0: I, I agree. Um, and it wouldn't be a traditional fork where you just like kind of creating a parallel universe, the data would probably have to be like re-standardized into a different way to, to work with whatever this new social platform is going to be. But I, I thought that that's one option, is maybe he'll, he'll uh, try to pull in all the Steam users who haven't already come over by using some sort of incentive. Um, but it would have to eliminate the problems with Steam, and that's like whale manipulation with the, the upvotes and giving too much value and it being really hard to bring on new users. So we'll, we'll see what comes of that. but. Um, I have uh, some conspiracy theories on... Oh, uh, really? So I don't really... I I want to preface this by... I have no information on this. This is... Because if I did, (laughs) and this is true, I wouldn't be telling you guys because I'd be under like some NDA or something. So this is all just my speculation. And I think it's more of something... Dan may have something to do with more than block one. So I'll just preface it with that. So BEOS. B-E-O-S. So it is Stan Larimer's project. Now, Stan Larimer is the father of Dan Larimer. So we, we can make the assumption that they talk. They know each other. At least we, we can make the assumption that Stan knows what Dan's up to, and right. Dan maybe knows what Stan's up to. Uh, they might not be collaborating per se, but they do know what the other one's up to. Let's like, leave it at that. I so think that's safe to assume. Back in, uh, do you remember the shower coin, the privacy coin stuff, Rob? All that stuff back in the end of November. Monorios. So, I mean, this is all conspiracy theory. Um, I'll just read his his quotes from the Monorios. And this is on November 28th, 2018. He says, what if I told you I solved privacy and infinite scalability? What if I told you 10 million TPS, no fees? What if I told you no RAM or disk issues? What if I told you everyone could run a full node? What if I told you no voting or staking? What if I told you uh, 200 millisecond confirmation times? And then the last part, what if I told you 2019? So I I forgot about the 2019 part. So uh, all of this stuff he described doesn't really sound like it's EOS per se, but it could be something for, for, I think he was talking about like a, a privacy currency that would just be used as currency, not a, not a DAP platform. It would just be very simple. But right. along the conversation, he said, this, this is the quote that kind of went, put me into conspiracy theory mode, actually. He said, what if I told you the new coin could work as a common currency between Earth and Mars? So that, that just sounds like Dan being Dan. He's just using some weird analogy and just trying to right. hype up like his ideas. And at the time, it didn't seem like a big deal. But the past couple of days, whenever I was just going down crypto wormholes, I was researching BIOS. Because BIOS is actually uh, supposed to be launching sometime this March. And any time now, maybe it will be launched by the time this episode comes out. Uh, that's oh, wow. what Stana said recently. But going back to December 3rd, this is five days after uh, Dan Larimer made that comment about the currency between Earth and Mars. On December 3rd, Stan Larimer launched the Bios, Nick, get it? Bios, Nick, Sputnik, Bios, Nick, <laughs> satellites into outer space.
1: Really? Like an actual satellite?
0: On the SpaceX Falcon 9. So on, on oh, like, wow. Okay, yeah, on, that's wild. Yeah, like on a Tesla. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he launched the first of what is to be several I think 30-some is the, the, what their goal is, satellites that are going to be orbiting Earth 500 miles up, and it's going to act as the, the anchor of, of a node, a satellite node network that's going to be beaming down transactions to Earth for the BIOS blockchain. Oh, wow. Um, and the, in addition to that, Actually, you know what, Rob, I have a cue. I I, I actually got all this information from a video. Why don't I just play the clip and let everyone watching or listening hear Stan's words himself? How about that?
2: Yeah, sounds good. Uh, The other thing about BIOS is that it's got jurisdictional agility, which means that uh, you can pick what jurisdiction your smart contract executes in. And that is designed to improve our regulatory uh, footprint, so to speak, so that we can provide service to everybody in the world uh, consistent with the laws of their unique jurisdiction. So if you are located in China, you can do the transactions in China, according to China law. And if you're in America, you can do it according to American law, and uh, you can do it in space and ultimately on a cruise ship. So that will uh, get you into international waters or international space where Hopefully, the long arm of the regulators can't reach you. And we're going to provide that capability to all kinds of different businesses. wonder who added the cruise ship thing in there. Uh, Well. (laughs) I mean, you know, most people wouldn't even think about that. But unless you're a cruise ship person. And you when when's your next cruise coming up? You got one coming up. It's coming up in June. We'll be going off and taking that trip. Yep.
0: All right. So so Stan basically explained everything I, I I told you before the video clip, but did you hear that last line about the cruise ships and uh, when his next cruise is? June. Yeah, june june june
1: And so is that i mean a coincidence does it line up with what's happening with block one in june i don't
2: know
0: so this jurisdiction agility is interesting to me because basically in your smart contract you could specify i only want nodes to process my transactions in these jurisdictions it would be like on the main net if i could select only european or only like north american block producers and if like Uh, cipher is producing a block and someone who only wanted it uh to be run in europe it would just skip that block and transact on the next block that that was in their jurisdiction so what's going to happen is there's going to be i believe four five six international cruise ships all spread out throughout the oceans all the oceans um (laughs) and then there's this satellite in space so You have cruise ships on international waters, which don't follow any one country's jurisdiction, and then you have a node in outer space. So even if the entire Earth blew up, as long as one node is still operating, the chain continues. So this Biosnick is the anchor chain that's going to keep the chain living. And the reason that this is even possible, like we've heard of Blockstream and some other companies putting nodes in space or at least trying. EOS is one of the most low-energy Uh, blockchains in the world. Uh, I'm pretty sure most of the block producers are actually carbon neutral because of some different things we've done to offset
1: the carbon. All of the, the block producers now are carbon neutral. So EOS itself is a totally carbon neutral chain, I think for another eight months or so. And then it's a very, very small fee to be carbon neutral again. So totally carbon neutral chain.
0: But So that carbon neutral is because there's different uh, credits being sponsored that are offsetting it, but the carbon before that is still very low, so that means uh, this node in space actually has the battery power to run for, I think, seven years before it needs replaced, and that's just with today's oh, wow. technology. But basically, let, let, let's get back to EOS here. How does this affect EOS? So EOS is doing something really cool because they're able to run transactions outside of every Earth jurisdiction, and... Dan's also teasing IBC or UBI or, I mean, we know IBC is coming. Another thing Dan said recently, yeah. I'll pull up the quote. Uh, so I have, two, I, have, I have two Dan quotes. So one was from a few days ago when he was asked about a DEX and when we're going to get the DEX that, that we've been waiting for. And he said, the internet can be stopped. DEX needs internet. Therefore, DEX impossible. I, actually... He wasn't being asked when decks, but he was just speaking generally (laughs) about the
1: decks. That's also kind of a ridiculous response. That's like saying humanity can be stopped. Therefore, everything humanity does is impossible. Like Earth can be destroyed. Therefore, like, I don't know. That's kind of a ridiculous statement.
0: So the reason that was interesting is because if this, and on the Ruan site, which is another Stan Larimer project, he's talking about how they're going to beam down. Once they have enough satellites, they're going to beam down internet a blockchain based new internet which is kind of like the pipe dream of every blockchain project is like we're building a new internet uh right. and and we, we we say it with eos as well so I, I, that little quote there that it, it, he was like kind of trying to um stop talking about the decks and kind of brush it aside but then uh yesterday or the day before someone brought up ibc and he said ibc will appear when the market is ready and then he posted a little graphic with it that said when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, quote, Buddha.
2: <laughs>
0: so I, I don't know if block one has IBC figured out or not, because I know it's a very complicated issue, but we do have yeah. like today's IBCs where you kind of like wrap a token and lock it into like a multi-sig and have like a, a, a wrapped token on another chain that represents the other chain's tokens. So just with that technology alone, if you wanted to do something that may be considered illegal, let's say gambling, you could probably run, you could probably send that wrap token to BIOS or wrap the token on BIOS, do the the, the gambling transaction and then s- send it back to EOS. Or, or you could just do it all on BIOS. We could keep EOS aside, but it's allowing you to work outside of the regulation that everyone else has to deal with on earth. There's over 300 countries in the world that you've got to deal with all their different jurisdictions. And we're in a gray area of like, how do you regulate blockchain and the, the internet even? So... This is uh, kind of my conspiracy theory of the day, is there's satellites in space, they have hardware on them, the BIOS chain's not launched yet, so that means they have to have a way to beam up the software to install it on that satellite, which means why couldn't Dan or Block 1 also be able to use that same node for something that they're doing? Or maybe even it's someone from the community. Maybe someone wants to pay Stan Larimer to rent the node up there and use it for something else on some other chain. Like the possibilities around this. And this isn't isn't the only satellite going into space. And like one of the biggest long-term goals of blockchain is always like banking the unbanked. And the reason that's possible with blockchain is because you only need a cell phone. You don't need actual people or businesses. But in a lot of areas of the world, there's not internet coverage. And that that's that's a big pain point. There's not cell phone or internet coverage in a lot of, of the globe, especially in like parts of Africa and India. So not only is Bios and Biosnic uh, trying to solve some of that, but there's also even uh, plans for just like general internet. Which is, um, have you ever heard of Starlink? Which is uh, the space SpaceX internet project?
1: Yeah, that's but, it's like their mesh internet, I guess.
0: Yeah. So by 2025, I think is their target date. Uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX plan to have 7,000 satellites low-orbiting Earth, and they're going to have internet at fiber speeds for the entire world at an affordable price. That's
1: 2025. That's six years from now. That would be amazing if that actually comes true, if it can be fiber-like speeds. like If I can get a gigabit connection from a satellite anywhere in the world, that will dramatically disrupt ISPs today and I feel like change the way a lot of uh, different businesses work.
0: I read an article that was kind of interesting because they're they're talking about Spacelink and they're talking about, all they have a lot of competitors too. So like Elon Musk isn't the only one trying to do this. There's a bunch of companies putting satellites in space to give us a global Hmm. internet. And whoever is the first to succeed, the article basically said they will earn the right to print money. Because it is such a big opportunity. I forget what the estimates are, but they're predicting like a $20 billion annual market in revenue for offering this global internet service and like in the u.s i I pay a ridiculous amount of money for my internet and if you're in a country of poverty like even if your internet's only 50 bucks 50 bucks is probably a month's worth of income potentially weeks worth maybe so it's just not feasible so if you have a high-speed internet that's available around the globe and maybe they could even like uh you use geospatial data to say okay these people in africa in this this area of africa they don't have to pay anything we're just going to give them the internet uh that means yeah. the, the internet's going to be available everywhere in the world like right now you can't get cell phone signal everywhere in the world. i can go to a national park and not get cell phone signal because they can't put the on the ground cell phone towers <laughs> in the national park so I, i'm like i'm like a, a moron without the internet i rely on my phone so much for everything i couldn't imagine it but once you give that opportunity of an internet connection to every single inch of this earth as long as yeah. you don't have a big well, roof then, above you
1: then i think we'll finally have the opportunity to actually do what a lot of crypto is trying to do which is to bank the unbanked and give these people a place to to store their value securely and once you have that global internet i feel like a lot of that is possible but let's bring it down uh, let, let's close yeah. off the everything space segment here and uh bring it back down to earth we have some news um from pixios as well that that cypherglass is involved in we're one of their strategic partners but as many of you have been asking the team has been hard at work i've been um, you know, talking with Fred a lot, mostly my brother, Ben has been, you know, in almost daily discussions with Fred Nugera from Pixios about, you know, how do we improve the platform? How do we incorporate feedback, uh, from the users that are actually using the platform? And obviously the first canvas was a huge success. Tons of people, uh, contributed, I think close to a hundred thousand EOS to that canvas. But now Pixios has actually released their latest roadmap, which talks about yeah. what's coming, uh, essentially for the, the, the rest of the year. So I can walk you through that, um, Obviously, in Q1 2019, we're almost done with it already. We had the Pixios Paint app that launched. That's the first canvas I was talking about. We had the MyPixios shop integrated with Threadless. Huge shout out to, to Ben as well for making that connection possible through Cypherglass. Um, the Pixios avatar maker is out. And you can now actually link that, your you know, custom Pixios avatar like I have on Twitter and Telegram. You can link that to your account uh, on EOS on the website and basically have that like, hey, this is my account. These are my pixels if you want to claim it. Um, Pixios Rama, which is a very cool event that's coming up soon, uh, where I believe people can win a bunch of different prizes. And uh, ongoing community art contest, collaborations, and bounties. And we'll have more to share very soon on that million Pixios giveaway that we're doing in that Make a Whale contest uh, that we announced recently.
0: Why don't you explain what that is, Rob? Because I I don't know about this contest. I kind of know about it, but I forgot about
1: it. So uh, we put out a poll recently saying, hey, we want to give away a million Pixios in a make-a-whale contest. So we're going to do a lot of these make-a-whale contests for other tokens, maybe for EOS even sometimes, where we give away a huge amount of these things and kind of make-a-whale. Um, and we want to give away a million Pixios in the first one. So we asked everybody, hey, how should we give it away? And by far, the poll on Twitter, everybody said we should do a competition on the canvas. So we're finalizing the details now. We're pretty sure we know how we're going to do it. Um, so stay tuned to the Cypherclass YouTube channel for that. Uh, and you may win that million Pixios, which is uh, a pretty significant pretty pretty significant chunk you'll be uh, up there. But the really exciting stuff comes in Q2. So in Q2, we have the Pixios Hub. We have the Pixios NFT Art Gallery, which will allow you to you know display all your different D-Goods things. I could display my Blanco. I could display different art that I bought. Um, it will be listed on exchanges. I know a lot of people have been asking for that. <laughs> it will be listed on at least one major exchange and several other partner exchanges. The auction house will be in place. Along with personal auction house listings, which means if I'm an artist, I can make new art. If I'm crypto graffiti out there who makes all this crypto art, he could actually tokenize it, have a unique NFT for it, and list it directly on that auction house for sale in Pixio. So that I'm pretty excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, But beyond that, there's a lot of other things happening sort of in that Q2 range. You should have the ability to have a a vip system to have your own personal canvas where you can draw whatever you want and then sell it on the auction house or even paste that onto the main canvas uh makes it much much easier to draw what you want to draw and put it there Um, But moving past that, Pixios Game Center means there will be more games built on top of Pixios using that same token, using the same payout method, everything like that. Uh, And of course, the Pixios Art House at the end of it. So if you want to learn more about all this, I don't want to take up too much time on Pixios, (laughs) uh, but head over to pixios.io and uh, check out the new roadmap. And we'll also leave a link to it in the description below. It's pretty cool. And the roadmap itself is kind of a work of art with all the cool community art that they included. So take a look.
0: So that that was that was one big thing that came out this week. Um, shout out to the EOS writer too. He put out a. I don't know if it was him that wrote it, but on their site they put out a, a unique. They put out like an article covering this and put a nice yeah. little spin on it. and They're even more excited than we are about it. But uh, yeah. th- the same week, so that was big news this week, just because everyone's been waiting for this roadmap. But also this week, Bancor, uh, they released their unified wallet, and I had a chance to to check it out. So uh, why don't you explain Bancor for me, because I would mess it up. Terribly. And then I'll get into the wallet.
1: Yeah. So Bancor is what they call a liquidity network. So it's essentially a decentralized exchange where there are no asks and, and, uh, there are no buys and no sells essentially. So if I want to sell something, I just sell it into this algorithm and it knows the price to give me based on a reserve that they have. So if I generally sell 1% of the tokens into it, I should get 1% of the value of that reserve out. So it's a pretty unique model, but now it looks like they're onboarding people with free accounts. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: So here, here's the unique features. So it's, it's, um, non-custodial, and it allows cross-chain transactions between ERC-20 tokens or Ethereum and EOS and EOS tokens. So oh, I could wow. literally trade with, without giving up custody of my, my keys. I could trade something like IQ for DAI or Civic or, or some other Ethereum token without having to trade into a base pair first. So I think everyone watching or listening the, to this has experienced trading on Binance or some other platform where you have to trade into Bitcoin before you could buy what you really want. Right. So for example, if I had a th- if I have EOS or let's let's start with IQ, if I have IQ today, I have to sell it for EOS and then I have to take that to an exchange, sell that EOS for either Bitcoin or US dollar and then I got to take that US dollar or I could probably trade it for Bitcoin. But then I take that USD or Bitcoin, then I buy the Ethereum token with it. So it's just like a yeah. lot of friction. It's not just that it's a bad ho- process. Yeah. So with Bancor, you literally, you, you tell it what your token you want to give it is, and then the token you want back is, and then it does the calculation and tells you how much you'll get in return for whatever you tell it.
1: Yeah. And you hit send, and it, it sends it. it, it and uh, it's, it's instantaneous. The, one of the cool features beyond the instant swaps that I thought was awesome about the free accounts is that it looks like you can sign up with your phone number, Telegram, yeah. or even Facebook Messenger, which is is pretty amazing.
0: So, yeah. So that was one of my complaints about it. It's not a perfect system, uh, but they are working on it. So um, if you use the free account feature, and that, that was the first thing I did because it sounded awesome. One, it's eligible for airdrops. So if you hold EOS in your Bancor wallet, even if it's the free wallet, you're going to get uh, airdrops. Um, but like Rob said, you could use Telegram, Facebook Messenger, or your phone numbers. So whenever I signed up, it had me give it my phone number, and then it sent me a unique code. And then I told it what my code was. And I think I created a password, and it gave me my 12-word seed phrase. And then I had an EOS wallet. And from there, I was able to do whatever I wanted with it on Bancor. So, nice. so here, here's one of the shortcomings. You can't export your free wallet key out of Bancor. Which mm. so so you you could export your 12 word key you could unlock that yourself to to look at it again if you didn't save it, but there's nothing you could really do with that key to get it into like scattered desktops. You could play DApps. I was right. I was told that they're they're working on something. I'm expecting them to either integrate with a mobile wallet, come out with a mobile wallet, or maybe even have their own like in DAP internal like DApp browser type thing. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know.
1: It makes a lot of sense. I also did notice one of my complaints. I think there are a lot of good additions, but I actually tried to use Bancor this morning just with Scatter, and they've made the process of using anything other than the Bancor wallet much more difficult. So I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to push people to the Bancor wallet, Mm -hmm. but for the many people out there that already have Scatter set up, maybe it should go back to the way it was where it was just super easy. I click a button and I'm in. Um, Just a suggestion for the team, Mm -hmm. but I love what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like it because it, it, if I needed to send someone EOS, I've been doing this thing lately where if I owe someone money, I make them install EOS links, and then I tell them to nice. pay the dollar on the app store, and then I send them an extra dollar in carbon USD.
1: That's awesome.
0: But one of the problems with car, and then I'm like, if you want to take your money out, you got you to gotta, uh, KYC with carbon USD and withdraw. <laughs> so I, I'm assuming they're just lazy and it since it's usually like 20 bucks. They're probably just keeping it in this EOS wallet. But I've, I've been onboarding. I've onboarded three people that way. Nice. And, I mean, think
1: about it. If everybody listening did the same thing and onboarded three people, we would have a, a much larger community. So definitely worth doing. Speaking of wallets, we have some interesting news on the ledger front, and I've been talking a lot with Kevin Rose and EOS New York about this. So as you know, we put up our $100,000 EOS hardware wallet bounty almost a year ago now. Somebody claimed it at the end of last year. We had EOS ledger support thanks to Cypherglass. That's been out there and tons of people are using it now. Um, But of course, that bounty was a one-time thing. The developer, of course, Uh, Crypto Fairy, huge shout out to him, maintained it for a number of months and upgraded features, enabled things like Shintai support and, and so much more, really made it a fully featured app. But now with new changes to Ledger, with updates to the Ledger Nano X, which is the Bluetooth version that's coming out very soon and I believe shipping at the end of this month... Uh, there's more that needs to be done to keep the Ledger app current. So we are kind of passing the torch thanks to EOS New York and their initiative on this. We're kind of passing the torch to EOS New York. They are going to be the ones that keep that Ledger implementation uh, updated and sort of working with all of the new Ledgers. So if you have any questions about that Ledger implementation, hit up EOS New York. They're going to be the ones that are kind of spearheading it from this point forward.
0: All right. So pro- props to EOS New York. It seems like every week, something new. <laughs> um, EO- I want to I talk about a project that like nobody really knows about yet because it's brand new. It's very, very early. I don't even know how close they are to actually implementing this, but they want community support. So I'm here to give them community support. Uh, it's a project called EOSUSD, and you can find them at eosusd.com or on Telegram at t.me front slash eosusd.com. And it's being championed by a guy, what, what's his name? Andrew Andrew Bryan. And Andrew Bryan, he's first of all, he's a Harvard quant, and he's a former uh, team member of MakerDAO. So, oh, wow. Since most people, well, at least I don't follow Ethereum as much anymore as 2017. I do know about MakerDAO. They're probably the most successful or most buzzworthy project on Ethereum right now. And what it is is oh, definitely it's a stable coin where you send. The stable coins are backed by Ethereum, collateralized Ethereum. So you, you send Ethereum to the smart contract and it releases what's called DAI tokens. And they're pegged or they're supposed to be pegged one to one on the USD. They've lost their peg slightly recently um, because some something with their fee models. I'm not going to get into that. But um, Andrew, I, I spoke to him. I joined their uh, Telegram channel and there was only five people in it when I joined. And yeah. I, I told them I would help. So oh, Andrew... He came up with the algorithm uh, for. He he explained some of the things wrong with MakerDAO and how he thinks his way could be done better. And he's looking for people to join and collaborate on this because this isn't something he wants to do himself. This is at the end of the day going to be a DAC. And he uh, so shout out to EOS DAC for the DAC toolkit. That's what they're using right now to kind of form this DAC uh, that's going to oh, be used awesome. to build. EOS USD, which will be, it's a second layer stablecoin, so it's not on the base layer. It is a DAP that would be on top of EOS um, if it's implemented. And what it will allow is you'd be able to uh, stake EOS to pull out EOS USD, so you could basically use that USD to do whatever you want on MakerDAO. A lot of times they use it to like pay bills and things like that because okay. they're bullish on the crypto market and they go to go up. So it's it's coming together, but I, I think we need. Uh, like EOS native stablecoin backed by EOS in the same form as MakerDAO. And in these systems, there's actually two tokens. Um, In MakerDAO, there's DAI, which is their stablecoin. Then there's Maker, which is like their governance token. And this would be the same way. They have a governance token and then the stablecoin, which is EOSUSD. And the governance token controls like interest rates and and things like that. Because the use cases of a, a system like this and what is currently available in MakerDAO is if, if you're bullish on EOS and you don't want to sell your EOS, but you need some cash to maybe pay bills, you can collateralize your um, EOS at a specific interest rate that, you, that you're going to pay, and then you get uh, a little bit of cash. I, I think you're allowed to take out like 25% on MakerDAO, this is, of the USD value of your Ethereum. So I don't know what the limits would be on this, but if you have $1,000 worth of EOS, you'd be able to withdraw $250 worth of cash if you lock your $1,000 of EOS in a smart contract. Interesting. And then on the other side, there's people loaning out EOS. So they're able to earn income, which is just another form of a div, just like Shintai and the Rex and all these other tools we talk about, all the gambling games. It's a way Mm -hmm. to earn money on your EOS. If you're just staking your EOS and not really doing much with it anyway, you would be able to stake it into a contract like this and start collecting interest from the people that are taking out loans against it, and the loans are zero risk because if they're uh, if the people taking the loan are at risk of being under collateralized, the they get margin called essentially, and uh, the USD gets converted back to EOS at whatever rate it is at that time. Interesting. So, so I'm excited about this uh, because. There's not a lot of liquidity on carbon USD. I gave that example about how I've been paying people like 20 bucks here and there. But the other day I, I wanted to uh, convert a little bit. It was like $2,000 of EOS. So I wanted to swap it for, for carbon USD and I, I couldn't even get it. I think I tried doing like 1500 or $2,000 or something, something low. And available. It, it, it was like going to move the order books more than I wanted it to. Oh, wow. They need uh, I,
1: yeah. carbon. If you're listening, you need a market maker. That's really what you need.
0: That's, uh, that's what they need. That, that would solve it. So I'm not, I'm not talking bad on carbon USD. I just think a EOS collateralized, uh, I think it's called a, deriv- a pegged derivative currency mm-hmm. is what this would be called. I think that'd be awesome. And it would lock up EOS and that EOS that's locked up is going to be earning interest for people. And then other people are able to pay a very low interest rate. It's going to be much lower than you would get from a bank because it's collateral backed. So if I wanted right. to take if I wanted to take out a loan from the bank and I have even good credit, they're still probably going to want to charge me like 9%. And on a house or something big, it's much lower. But let's say I want to take out like a 10 grand personal loan. With good credit, they'll charge you in the single digits percents. So if you have bad credit, it's going to be like 15%. Um, the reason MakerDAO or and DAI lost its peg is because their fee was actually too low. Their interest rate was too low and it wasn't able to maintain the peg because I don't know what the algorithm does completely, but that was why. So that, I think yeah, they increased it to a little higher percent.
1: I'm still kind of waiting for somebody to solve that. I think uh, a lot of the stable coins right now I kind of view as experiments. There are obviously so many. There are some that do more volume than others. Like Tether, I think, is the most traded. Maybe USDC now is sort of creeping up on it. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how stable coins evolve. There are clearly a lot of good teams working on them, but uh, I'm not holding any value. In yeah. it just because <laughs> if it breaks the peg, there goes your money. Like That's not, not a good thing, not a good store value in my opinion.
0: I mean, the only reason I was trying to convert mine is because, I mean, it, like, 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 I mean, you understand you're a block producer. All block producers, they get paid NEOs. So you eventually got to pay bills. Uh, so I get paid NEOs. So I got to pay bills. I was just trying to convert it, and I was like, man, I got to move it to it. I got to still move it to Binance. So going back to Bancor, that is actually one really cool solution with the Bancor wallet with the cross-chain liquidity is DAI has a lot of liquidity. So does uh, USD Tether. So, you could swap your EOS for those if you, if you want to kind of do what I wanted to do with like the stable coin, but then you still got to transfer it. Coinbase accepts DAI now, so I could transfer the Coinbase that way. That would be one way oh, I could do interesting. it. But I, I wanted to just do it all within my Lynx wallet. I wanted to swap EOS for Carbon USD, then do my withdraw through the Carbon USD DAP w- within yeah. Lynx. That's I what think- I wanted to do, and I couldn't.
1: I think your solution's coming, but I think it's coming in June, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> I think as part of that, maybe Mios will make a super easy on-ramp and off-ramp. You know, if anybody has the connections with a bank, it, it may be the people that are on now, the executive board of block one who used to work at banks. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in June and that whole on-ramp, off-ramp there.
0: Hope so. Well, while, while I can't get uh, the, the stable coins I want currently on EOS, Maybe I could look for buried treasure somehow. We want to get into the treasure hunt.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is very cool. So Cheney Moore of CPU Emergency um, basically deciphered clues in a previous sort of treasure hunt or um, I guess like hidden private key event and got $750 worth of EOS out of that. He did this crazy. I'm not even sure how he did it or what he was using, um, but he basically deciphered the code out of these images and all these different things um, and came up with that private key. Rather than taking all of the money for himself, he's actually put some of it back into another account and is paying it forward in what's called the secret key treasure hunt. So everything Eos is a part of it. Cypherglass is a part of it. There are all these different people that have a little piece of the key. So Zach has a piece of the key that I don't know about. I have a piece Mm. of the key that he doesn't know about. And we're going to be sharing it in some of the content over time. Maybe it's already been shared in this video. Maybe it'll be shared in a future video or on Twitter. But make sure you're following us in all those places so that you know when our portion of the key goes up. And maybe if you're smart enough to get it from all these different people, you can put together the code and get this secret key.
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple hundred dollars in the pot. I haven't checked it recently. It has some like uh, EOS token like I hate how EOS tokens don't actually have a name because whenever I say EOS token, I don't know if I'm talking about EOS or like a DICE token or something. <laughs> it need, it needs right. a terminology like equal to an ERC-20. But anyway.
1: EOS mainnet token, I guess.
0: Yeah. So th- there's looks to be a couple hundred bucks in there. And uh, all you got to do is follow the influencers. I'll put the link in the description so you can get uh, the real details of this. But nice. basically a private key is 51 alphanumeric characters so all of the characters are um, kind of given to different people. Like I was given a, a letter or a number and a position in the private key. And I will say, R- Rob said there might be a hint in this video. There is not a hint in this video. Let, let me, so <laughs> you don't need to go digging for clues. I will let you know what my hint is, but you're going to have to solve that hint. I'm not going to make, make you dig around for it. you. It'll be right in front of you. You'll just have to solve it. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, but follow us on Twitter it's at everything eos io join us in telegram because if someone solves it first they might give a spoiler before i delete it uh, and that's at t.me front slash everything underscore eos please join that it's super active and fun but just stay tuned for our clues there's a bunch of other people giving out clues Cipherglass will be giving out a clue if they haven't already uh but it, it's just a fun way to potentially win a couple hundred bucks um yeah and
1: uh Speaking of other exciting, fun things to do, ways to get free tokens, the SenseChat app is actually launching. Uh, as you're watching this, it's already gone live on the 14th. So, whether you're on Android or iPhone, check out the App Store and you can download SenseChat right now. And I believe when you sign up, you get some amount of the newly converted SNS tokens on the EOS mainnet. So, this is that peer to peer chat app. Uh, we did a little demo of it on the CypherClass YouTube channel a while ago when it was in beta. But you can do video calls peer to peer, you can do text chat peer to peer, a very cool app from Crystal Rose uh, and the rest of that team that will be coming out very very soon. So take a look, it's on the App Store now.
0: So the number is 500 cents tokens. If you sign up, the, it says oh, the awesome. first
1: 10,000 downloads and this is going to be for
0: Apple and the Android and it's in the Apple store, which I think is super impressive. Any yeah. EOS application in the Apple store props to you. So that's just off the top of my head. Karma, EOS links, uh, Sense, Lumios. <laughs> Lumios. Shout out to you guys because it's, it's not easy getting into the uh, app store. Uh, the Scatter, Rami and Nathan James both kind of explained to me on, on the Scatter series why it's so difficult. Uh, and I, I think it's a pretty well-known fact, but um, that, that's where you can find it. Uh, I don't have more details than that, but like Rob said, it's probably available by the time you watch this. Do we have anything else, Rob?
1: Uh, I think that's it. I will be, obviously, at the South by Southwest gaming event. If you're watching this, I'm probably there now collecting those exclusive Blancos. But oh. we'll talk about that on next week's episode um, before I go off to London for SVK's event. So lots going on, but I think that's it for this week.
0: All right. Then I'm Zach Gore. I'm Rob Finch. And this is this Everything Eos. This is
1: Everything Eos.
0: Oh. Go Eos! We messed that up, but go Eos! <laughs> go Eos all, all day.